0: everyone you are listening to the toffee blues podcast with me callum snell joined again by mike richards from the unholy trinity podcast Uh, okay so this is the first of the uh, podcast that we are going to be doing here on the toffee blues channel of course you'll know from the youtube stuff we do a lot of content coming your way um obviously last season it was quite difficult to get a consistent run going with the podcast but with the podcasts um, obviously james teddy and owen and etc always been contributing some quality content to the channel as well but now we've got into a place now where we can start delivering some some content uh, some weekly podcast episodes um, every week here at the Toffee Blues so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and be sure to also keep up to date with all the happenings on YouTube as well so as I say I'm joined by Mike from the Unholy Trinity podcast uh, Mike how's things mate you all good?
1: Very well mate thank you yeah yeah look, looking forward to, to getting the football back at the weekend and, and getting back inside
0: Goodison Park that's for sure Absolutely. Of course, last time we spoke, Mike, we were expecting a really difficult tie away to Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium uh, for a lot of reasons that are going on in the media at the minute, which I'm sure everyone is aware of. That fixture didn't go ahead with with along with all the other Premier League fixtures from that weekend. But now it looks like football's back now. We can all sigh a big sigh of relief that the football is back. Everton are of course at home to West Ham United on Sunday at Goodison Park at the slightly later time of quarter past two has been selected for broadcast on Sky Sports. Um, obviously Mike uh, delighted the footballs back. Um, did we dodge a bit of a bullet there, not having to play Arsenal away while we were uh, <laughs> in quite good form?
1: Maybe so. You know, we discussed obviously in the unleased episode, you know, about the potential uh, difficult game going going to Arsenal, who obviously before the United game were. Uh, I won every game and, and we're we're top of the table, flying high and and you know, playing playing some really good football. So, you know, difficult game it would have been. So maybe maybe not playing last weekend may, may uh play into our hands a little bit, you know, without sound, sounding too defeatist, it would have been a difficult game and, and getting something from it would have been would have been a real positive. But you know, it's it's another week uh, for certain players as well, the likes of Don Ablay de Corey. It's just again, again, these kind of players you need need to get obviously time under the belt on the on the pick. So for me, you know, it's probably worked out, you know, well. If we look at it from a selfish selfish perspective, and and hopefully, you know, we, we can look look ahead to Sunday and go into Sunday in in a a bit of a stronger position squad wise uh, as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Of course we were expecting to play Arsenal. I mentioned good form there. Of course we actually haven't won a game yet, but on, on the perspective of the performances have been much improved, as we also spoke about last week. Um obviously we're going into another home game. Our last game was at home as well, obviously the Merseyside derby, a game which Everton played really well in. You know, We don't need to go into that again. We know that Everton put in a fantastic display and we're quite unlucky to come away with just the one point. But of course, we're coming into another home game now and it represents a fantastic opportunity for Everton to come away with three points against the West Ham side, who perhaps haven't made the best start of the season at all. Before we jump into the the West Ham game um, and we focus on that and the, the squad itself, A little bit of news this week, obviously the the goalkeeping situation on the back of the Merseyside derby, it was confirmed that Jordan Pickford has picked up a bit of a thigh injury, I think it was, and he's obviously out of action until after the international break, the club have confirmed, which has put a lot of the spotlight on Asmir Begovic to come in as our number one. Of course, Andy Lonergan, who we've seen very little of at the club since his arrival last year as well. Um, The club have... There was a couple of whisperings that they might be looking into the uh, the free transfer market after the deadline had closed, but we've brought in Eldin Yakupovich, The 37-year-old has joined on a short-term deal after being released from Leicester City. Uh, smart move, Mike. Do you think the club are just um, covering their own backs a little bit should the worst happens, and Begovic picks up a bit of a knock? He's a bit of a sensible move, in your opinion?
1: That's all it is, really, isn't it? You know, This lad's got a contract from what I've, what I've seen until the end of December, uh, obviously, the World Cup t- takes away quite a, bit, a big portion of that time that he's going to be at the club four So um, we'd we probably had to do it uh, with obviously having your, your first choice goalkeeper and your third choice out, and leaving yourself with with one. And obviously, you know, Billy Kellen who, who who played for the other twenty ones, we would have been would have been sure. and so it only takes a little a little niggle fit for, for Begovic and. And then we, we really are we really are sure, but you'd expect after after the West Ham game, obviously with the international break, by the time we, we get round to playing Southampton, you'd probably expect Lonergan to be potentially close. Um but you still you still need three three senior goalkeepers, I would say. Um so yeah, not not, not unexpected. Um, you know, there was potentially other names out there. Ben Foster was one who, who we all probably looked at and thought, well. That'd be sensible, but from his his perspective, he probably wants more than, than a three three and a half month deal. To be honest, and and to be fair, he, he he's better than that, isn't he? You know, he's mm. he's probably potentially someone's first choice mm. at the very worst second choice. Um, so th- this this lad played very little football since he's been at Leicester. Uh, don't think he played. He hasn't played. Was it since two thousand and was it eighteen nineteen? Maybe last time he was seen. Um, so. You know, prior to that, a hull I think the Hull fans quite quite liked them. They said if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't have got to even thirty for them. We're we'll going back a number of years and So uh, you know, you know, clever move, it's what we had to do. It's not uprooting any kind of seed
0: Yeah, of course. And, you know, you mentioned there how it is very much just a sensible move. It's a bit of a a break glass in case of emergency. It's better to have him and not need him than need him and not have him, isn't it? It's a case of that really, of course, Eldon Jakubovic joining the club, the 37-year-old. Yeah, it's unlikely that we'll see him. Hopefully, you don't have to see him, you know, with all due respect to him because we have got a safe set of hands in Asmir Begovic, who I have quite a high bit of confidence in as our number two. He's a steady set of hands. He's put in some... Okay, performances for us. On the same note, he probably has put in a couple of dodgy ones as well. I think back to the League Cup game last year when we had that exit against the Queens Park Rangers. But listen, Asmir Begovic—it's a good, solid option to have. You know, you let's let's have it right. We've got one of the best goalkeepers in the league as our number one. So to have our number two is Asmir Begovic. It's a good option to have, isn't it? I don't think he gets talked about a lot, but it's it's a, it's a very solid option, isn't it, Mike?
1: Yeah, you know, what I said it on our on our show. Um, yesterday, actually, about, about Begovic. As a goalkeeper, it's the hardest position to be a number two in and to not be playing because, like any any position on the pitch, you've got to play yourself into some kind of form. And how often do the 2nd choice goalkeepers get, get the chance to, to play? You may be talking three, four times a season in, in League Cup matches, FA Cup matches, maybe. Um, so it's very difficult, I think, for a number two goalkeeper to, to come in, feel confident, maybe be at the best. Um, and it's it's the, the highest profile position on the pitch as well. You know, I always say, if you make a mistake as a goalkeeper, quite often it leads to a goal. So it's, um, for him personally, I think he's he's solid. I think he's probably the best number two we've had, you know, in recent times. Um, like you say, you know, a couple of decent performances. I think he's quite solid when it comes to dealing with crosses, uh, set pieces, not as good a shot stopper as Jordan Pickford, but he's much bigger. He's 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 a bigger goalkeeper. I think the QPR game. I think we, we all probably thought he should have saved maybe three or four of their penalties in the shootouts. You know, if I'm for a big lad. Maybe he struggles to get down. You know, as quick as he once once did. Um, but yeah, I think he's sold enough. You know, it's it's one game before the international break. A couple of weeks off. Probably then he'll deal with Southampton before Jordan Pickford then then comes back in. Fingers crossed. So. It's only going to be for a couple of games. And like I say, as a number two, I think he's one of the most solid we've had in in recent times
0: anyway. Just staying on the theme of goalkeepers there, this season we've seen Jordan Pickford actually be the captain of the team. He wears the armband in the absence of Seamus Coleman. Um, Obviously, with Pickford out the side, there's been a lot of talk leading up to this West Ham game and, of course, the Arsenal game before the postponement about who's actually going to be the one to take up the mantle of that captaincy. Uh, The two main shouts, of course, have been Connor Cody and James Tarkowski there's a shout there for Garner Gay as well but you know it looks like we are going to see a new captain going into this game at the weekend uh, with the home fans behind them who would your pick be Mike?
1: Either or really for, for Tarkowski and Cody I think, I think they're two obvious, obvious choices Are um, you, you look at, at other players you mentioned as you said Garner Gay as much as he's a leader on the pitch I don't think he, he's probably someone who you'd throw the captain's armband to You've got two lads there sitting at centre half who get to see the whole pitch. You were captains, both captains of the previous clubs. Uh, both know what it, what it is and what it means to, to captain a side. And, and by all accounts, you know, both are, are very respected in the in the, the dressing room, even at this early stage in their career. You know, you've got Alex and be referred to the two of them as both like father figures, like dads, like they've been here for years. So that tells you all that you need to know. So, either or, really, I think, I think maybe. Frank front lampard leans towards Connor Cody. That's just the personal gut instinct, but I, I wouldn't mind either. To be fair, both both have proven over over many years in the Premier League that they can do do that particular job. So, so yeah, I think what one of those two will be will be the uh, the ideal pick. I think.
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic luxury to have, really, isn't it? We've essentially got two captains and two well respected captains at the club, which you pointed out there. Um, it's it's very much a big luxury to have. Obviously, Connor Cody come from Wolves highly regarded captain there and James Tarkovsky, who is you know a very respected figure at Burnley as well. So to have them options, it speaks for itself. And as I said before, it is like having two captains on the pitch. And um, I do think it probably will be Conor Cody. I think his performance in the Derby probably just nudged him ahead of Tarkovsky in that sense because you know the leadership he shows and um, you alluded then to the interview that Alex Uobi held this week with the club put out. Um he just mentioned again, which everyone's already what everyone already knows, we, we spoke on it last week, didn't we, about the, the leadership they have, the voices they have in the dressing room, and it's only a good thing, and you've got Jordan Pickford there as well, who in my opinion deserves the captain's armband in the absence of Seamus Coleman, he's one of the longest serving players at the club, He's he's been with us through some good times, through some bad times notably last season, and he's always come up chumps with the club, so I think it's, you know, I think Jordan Pickford should be the man who has the armband in the absence of Seamus Coleman, but Having Cody and Tarkovsky there, two fantastic options to have. Um, moving forward, obviously it's another week since we've had a game, which obviously means another week closer to fitness for certain players. We have got still quite an extensive injury list when you think of the likes of uh, Yerimina, Ben Godfrey, Mason Holgate, and just Townsend. Perhaps a bit more long term, but there's a chance maybe that we could see Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Abdelhadi Corder edge closer to match fitness. There was. There was talk going into that Arsenal game before the postponement that they could make this, whether it be on the bench. I think a lot of people would have expected to see them. But they've got another week of training under the belt now. Uh, c- can you see them being involved in the match day squad somehow?
1: 100%. I think both will be involved. Uh, I don't think either will start. Um, I think it would be daft to, to throw, throw Dom Street in there. I think Neil Mopay after his performance in the derby to, to come in Play ninety minutes, run the furthest of any player. After not playing any minutes at all this season, deserves his, his position in the side, and and it gives Dom that chance to be eased back in. You know, it's again, it's only one game, and we got a little break again, so it's good for him. If we need him for 20, 25 minutes, then let's let's throw him on. If if we're winning by two or three, and we can take Mope pay off, then we can put him on. So it's all very much about grappling Dom in the in, uh, in Cotton to be honest. Uh, but I fully expect them to to be to be. Uh, to be back in the match day squad, as I do with with Decore, you know that that central midfield area has gone from from our, our weakest or well, one of our weakest areas to probably our strongest. You know, you, you look at, I'd expect the, the three to start to be uh, Garner, Gay, Iwobi, um, and also Onana, and then you look at the bench, and you could have a bench with the likes of Alan, Tom Davis, uh, Dakora, James Garner. You've got four lads there. who on any given day would think that they deserve to start as well. You know, Tom Davis, I think, has done particularly well in the games he's, he, he started. He's, he seems to be quite settled. We know what the core is all about. Alan hasn't had much of a look in, but again, you know, if, you t- if you're trying to shore a game up and see a game out, he's the ideal fella to throw on. And then you've got the you know James Garner, who we, we know little about in the Premier League. You know, he, he did well last season for Forrest, but has come in with it with a good reputation after a good, solid season at a high-flying championship club. And, you know, he was one of the major factors in them in them gaining promotion as well. So a real a real talented kid there. So we've got some real options, but, I th- you know, there's going to be players who miss out. It's just on the bench. I mean, I listed players that, you know, will probably be on the bench this weekend. And when you combine it with our start 11, even with the injuries to Pickford, Mina, Godfrey, Holgate, uh, Townsend, who's obviously longer term as well, we've got the makings now of a, a real solid squad. But more importantly, players on the bench who can come off and, and change the game and make a difference. Whereas, look at the Leeds game a couple of weeks ago. We didn't make a substitute. And the manager must have been looking around thinking, well, there's, there's no bodies that can throw on to actually do, do what I need them to do. So we, we've he's really sort of swung that around. So interesting, I think, to, to go from having a bit of a threadbare squad with maybe little quality outside of maybe six, seven, eight players to having... Uh, a, a bit more of a of a base and a structure and and quality. So, so yeah, I think both players, both players, going back to the question, will be in the matchday squad. Uh, but both of them will will be on the bench for me.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it? I know we touched on it last week, didn't we, about how how much Everton haven't really been used to being in a position like this, having the options of a bit of squad depth. It wasn't so long ago that Everton were being forced into putting two goalkeepers on the bench, although the kids who, let's be honest, a lot of people would know weren't up to speed in the Premier League. And as you just said there, Mike, in that Leeds game, I think the fact that Frank Lampard didn't use any of his substitutions was quite telling, really, that we just didn't have those options. And with the players, we've got to come back still and the players who, you know, are fit and aren't going to get into this side anyway. It's going to be interesting to see how the club really kick on now and use this to our advantage. Because it wasn't so long ago, players like abdelida Kouray and Alan were integral to our start eleven, And, you know, we were crying out, weren't we? I think it was Ancelotti's, um, well, first and only full season, wasn't it? The, you know, they were two really important pieces of the puzzle in that midfield and fans were craving for the two of them to play in that in that role. Now that those two players, I suppose, are regarded as squad players now just tells you that we are stepping in the right direction. And, you know, you don't need me to tell you or any fan who's been watching Everton this season that Alex Iwobi, Amadou Onana, and albeit for a short period of time, Agana Gay, that is going to be the midfield three going forward based on performances. So, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see Dominic Calvert-Lewin come back in. Difficult and probably a bit harsh to drop Neil Morpay, actually, because he put in a real good shift in the Merseyside derby. Covered 11k, which is more than any other Everton player on the pitch that day. So it's going to be quite difficult to drop him. But moving forward, it will be good to see Calvert-Lewin back. won't it? we were all disappointed that he didn't that he didn't start the season with us. It was a real kick in the teeth for him to pick up that injury, given all the troubles he had last season as well. So how 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 much are you looking forward to seeing Dominic Calvert-Lewin coming back into this side? Because last time we saw him in a competitive game. Okay, we had the Arsenal game, but in front of the Goodison fans, if you take away the Dynamo kiev game, it was that Crystal Palace game. So are you hoping that Dom can really put this injury behind him now and hopefully we can start seeing the best of him? Because we know there's a player in there. So you're looking forward to seeing Dom link back up with the first team?
1: Of course. And and for him, you know, I think it's probably now more of a a mental thing than than a physical thing. You know, he's been really unlucky with these, these injuries. You know, the one he had last season, you know, there's talk of maybe he should have had had surgery, you know, at at, a, at an earlier point because I think he put it off, and I think the manager at the time advised him not to. So and then he was rushed back and he broke down again, and obviously then he, he picks up another injury after after looking good in pre-season a couple of days before the season starts. So for him now, it's the mental side of getting back to, to playing football on a regular basis, being being fit, and obviously giving giving his best his best for the side from a from a physical. Perspective and also a mental side as well, because like like a lot of positions now, there are players waiting behind them to, to come in and take the spot, and that's that's the thing, isn't it? You know, if players get injured or they're out of form, the manager now can quite quite easily, you know, he, he can he can hook them and bring someone else in, and and we, we don't lose the quality because the hunger of the players behind them is going to be there. So he's fit for, for his sake. He's got to stay fit. You know we we know how good he can be that that season under Carlo he was terrific that that you know the first or oh, his 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 full season he had with us he was fantastic. I think this side is built for a Dominic Calvert Lewin in terms of looking you know, to use those wide players, get some good good balls into the box. But now having midfielders who can progress the ball as well. You know, both of be... And, and Onana looks to link up with the, with the front men, looks to get into the box as well, which then creates space four for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You know, we a at the chance that fell to, to Neil Mope, which he should have scored in the Merseyside derby. He also took up a couple of really good positions, slipped over for the chance that, that fell to Tom Davis with the post. You know, so so Mopay's shown, you know, to get into those positions, there is space there. You know how good Dom is inside that sort of six-yard box, eight, eight, ten yards out, he's good. You know, and, and Carlo said to him, don't be going wide. Make sure you, you play down the middle. Your your job is to get into the box and get on the end of these crosses and through balls. And hopefully we, we see that Dominic Calvert-Lewin come back because, you know, we we still miss that focal point. As, as much as obviously we, we've made, made some real positive moves in the transfer market, we didn't bring anybody in the mould of Dominic Calvert-Lewin into the club. Um so he's he's the one, he's the he's the focal point of this side. I, I truly believe Frank Lampard is building a side which, which will really benefit Dominic Calvert Lewin. And fingers crossed he can stay fit and, and get a bit of form, get a bit of consistency. Um he's good, he's you know, him personally, he's got to think he's got a, he's got a chance of the World Cup squad. So if he starts to bang in a few goals, then you know Garislavki to be looking as well to see well. You know, can he? Can we bring him back into the squad for for the uh, for the Qatar World Cup? So there's a lot lot on the uh, on the line for, for Dominic, and I just hope that he is managed correctly. He's not rushed too quickly. We do wrap him in a bit, a bit of cotton wool, and we take our time. I'm sure Frank Lampard will do that. I'm, you know, he knows better better than I do. But I hope you know his, his career doesn't sort of nosedive and and sort of as I say. Those mental demons take over because we know how good he can be on his day.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I, I think you've really hit the nail on the head there. We know how good he can be on his day. That first season with Carlo, it, it was like it was like a new sign. And we knew we knew he had ability before that, but that, that season he really came into his own, didn't he? You know, hitting all them goals from Ancelotti just got the best out of him, absolutely. Um, obviously last season it wasn't so easy for Dom. We talk about injuries there, we talk about potential he was rushed back too early. But the yeah, the whole atmosphere, of the club was just horrendous last year with Benitez and you know Dominic Calvert and He's been quite vocal himself about his own battles mentally, uh, with his with his game. So for him to come back on the penultimate game of the season to score that header to ensure our survival essentially was was a big moment for him. And. I think there were times last season where a lot of fans did get on his back. And I suppose quite rightly so. I remember watching him, I think, when we beat Man United 1-0. I think he had a really, really poor game that day. It was the worst I'd seen him. I think probably we were looking at a player who was shot of confidence an awful lot. Um, But like you said, Mike, I think there's a lot riding on it this year for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You mentioned there the World Cup coming up. Um, There was a stage when Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He was constantly in the England squad. Just scoring goals for fun, really, for Everton. So for him to get back to that stage, we all hope he can. And if we do see him back at Goodison this Sunday, then I'm sure we'll all get behind him. Because there is a player in there. You know, Frank Lampard has been quite vocal about how we do have a top-quality striker at the club already. Yes, and quite rightly so, a lot was made about the lack of striking options at the start of the season. And that was completely right. But we brought in Neil Morphe. But Frank Lampard, he seems to be quite relaxed, I suppose, that he knows the qualities that Dominic Calvert-Lewin's got. I think the fact that in some of the interviews he gave, how he wasn't stressing too much about bringing in another striker, okay, maybe he would have liked to, but maybe the fact how he wasn't as as keen to make a move for, I don't know, like a Brendan Brereton-Diaz type of player as well, maybe suggests that he does have confidence in Calvert-Lewin. And if this is a manager who is going to have a lot of faith in him, then maybe we can hope that we can get back to that player we saw flourish under Ancelotti. Um, Looking ahead now to West Ham. Um, We're going to talk about that for a moment. Obviously, it's been moved to quarter past two for the sake of Sky Sports, uh, West Ham. Um, There was a time where West Ham were one of our favourite opponents to play. In recent years, it's been a bit of a mixed bag as such. Of course, we lost last season 1-0 to them, which I think was the start of Everton's demise last season when we got beat 1-0 um, I think that le- the week after we got beat 5-2 by Wofford and from that point onwards it was just a downward spiral um, we also lost 2-1 at the London Stadium last year I don't think we actually played too bad that day but again individual errors cost us Um, the last time West Ham played in the league there was a 2-1 loss to Chelsea albeit they were very hard done by with a very contentious VAR decision West Ham do also play Thursday night which could also play into our into our hands a little bit in the Europa Conference League, but it's, it's always a difficult game when West Ham. Come to Goodison Park, isn't it, Mike? It's going to be it's going to be a tough one, but it's one of them, isn't it? It's difficult, but it's a game that Everton are more than equipped to go and win.
1: Hundred percent, we you know there's a lot of lot of positivity, a lot of confidence around Everton at the moment. From I think within the club and, and the fan base, you know, people can't wait to get to get to Goodison Park on Sunday, um, which tells you all that you need to know, and that that's from fans of a side who haven't won a game. We haven't won a game in the Premier League this season. We, we've obviously got four points and, you know, four, four decent points in the end. You know, if, if you would have told me that we would have gone through Brentford and Leeds away and a Merseyside derby and, and being unbeaten, then you, then you take it. So you've got to look at look at that side of things. So difficult game, but, but a game that we can certainly approach with a lot of positivity. Um, like you say, West Ham playing in Europe on Thursday is big. It's not not a, a a massively long journey for them to go and go uh, over to Denmark, but still it impacts. They've, had, they've got to play a full ninety minutes. They've got to travel to and from that country. They've been travelling overnight on the way back. Probably a recovery session on Friday, and then probably a small training session before they travel up to up to Merseyside on the on the Saturday. So it will impact them. They're going to be using some of the same players on Thursday as they do on Sunday. Um, and that's got to that's got to play into our thinking. We, we've got to we've got to be the more energetic side. We've got to put them under pressure. You know, we we've had time off. You know, we've had that that missed game last weekend. Um, you know, we're on the same points. So West Ham have had a, a couple of difficult games. Man City, um, obviously, and and the Chelsea game, like you said, which they were they were unlucky not to get something from. You know, it was it was uh, ridiculous really when you look back at the decision that was made. Um, but you know, they, they've also They've lost games and they've dropped points in games that they probably thought that they should have won. So it's not the West Ham of the last sort of couple of seasons. Um they've bought pretty well. You know, Maxwell Corner, who we were heavily linked with, I think is going to be going to be a problem. I think I always, when we played when we played Burnley, I always sort of look looked at him um as being as being a threat. Um, but I don't I don't I don't think that we should be going to the game you know, thinking, oh, you know, it's always a good result. For me, we've got to go and win the game and there's no reason why we can't win the game. I think the the, the more I've seen us this season as, as the games have gone on, as much as we've shipped a few chances and we've had an informed Jordan Pickford and, and at times, you know, defensively, we made some arties and sort of last tackles and blocks. We've looked better going forward game by game. You know, we, we should have scored a couple in, in the Merseyside derby. We certainly should have scored uh, more than the one against um, against Leeds and and also I'd say against Brentford. But I think game by game we, we have got better. So I have got no fear with West Ham coming to Goodison Park at all. Um I'm I'm pretty positive going going into the game. I'm looking forward to it. I think having, like I said earlier on, having a squad that we can now call upon, having sort of 16, 17 players that you know you could you could bring in. And they'll do a decent job. I think. I think helps. I think players pushing each other along now to, to try and fight for those those start positions is always a positive, and we haven't had it for for a good a good couple of years. So um, tricky game, you know. It, of course, it is, but it's we have got to keep this momentum that we've got, this mini run going that we've got, uh, and go into the break with on the back of on the back of uh, three three well earned points. But it will be a difficult game, and for me. Um as as with a lot of our games, the first goal is going to be absolutely vital to, to how the, the afternoon goes.
0: Yeah, 100 percent You know, we you, t- you talk about that mini run we're on momentum, it almost feels like a, a it's a fantastic time. It's it's almost the perfect time for Everton to get that first win of the season. Albeit we were quite fortunate to maybe dodge that Arsenal game because we all know that Arsenal, albeit they got beat by Manchester United, but they've had a fantastic start to the season. So that probably would have maybe 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 pulled us back a little bit. But the fact how we can now go into this Another favorable home fixture, I think it's fair to say on the back of that fantastic Merseyside Derby performance. It's a great opportunity for us to to be sent on our way going into that international break with that three points known. We can come back to the the Southampton game with with, you know some renewed confidence that we have got that first win out the way because as we all know, the longer it goes on, the longer it sort of looms over us. So for, for us to have this fixture, it's it's a great opportunity for us to really kick start our season. And as, as you said before, Mike, this is, a, this is a side who who are yet to win a game, but the fans can't wait to get back to Goodison Park, which is, I think it's just telling just how behind and united the club, the, the fans are at the club at the minute. Because I think for a lot of other teams in the division, if you were to say, you know, we're almost the middle of September, no three points on the board yet. Obviously we've got more than three points, but you know what I mean? Um, the fact that we, we're buzzing to get back the game and the support is there, you know, there's a real togetherness with the the fans that's going into the players as well. I think it shows that we are on the right tracks, doesn't it, Mike? And I think the fans will be there in great voice come Sunday afternoon.
1: The fans, the fans can all see a direction and a plan, which is is always key, I think, to getting getting fans on side. You know, you can you can put up with not picking up maybe the points you feel like you deserve if you're seeing a side that is is progressing. You know, the, the summer I think we've made some some real quality acquisitions. From you know a, a variety of age profiles, we've got some experience brought in, but we've also brought in some some youth, so players that we've been trying out for that we want to develop, and in in say three three four years time, they're the kind of players then that you sell on and you make a profit on, you know. But hopefully in that time, they brought the club success, and um, and that's that's going to be key. You know, the, the likes of Onana, you know Dwight McNeil's only young, Nathan Patterson who, who came in, in January is only young. You know, we've got these kind of players, Michaelenko He's young James Garner. We've got a lot of these younger lads who are now coming in who are going to add a lot to the, the depth in the squad. Um, but also, if we look a little bit further ahead, are going to be vital when it comes to making sure that we can financially compete as well because they are the ones that you will look to to move on at some point for, for big money. So I think that's what all the best clubs do. All the best clubs have a plan. They have a direction. It runs throughout the club, What we're seeing now. Within the you know, obviously the the younger age groups as well, from you know the twenty-ones, eighteens and down, there has been a, a big restructure there. Um, a lot of a lot of sort of new faces, you know. We even the fact you know, James Vaughan coming coming back to oversee lone players. Um we know Leighton Baines is being moved to the eighteens as, as the coach. You've got porte doing the 21s, ones where it's being moved on. Um so, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of moves that have been happening throughout the club, and the fans can see it. So, when, when you see positive changes, the the air of positivity then runs throughout both the fan base and also inside the club and at Finch Farm, and that, that's really important. So, the fans are on board, and that's what we want. The positivity from the back end of last season, as, as crazy as that might sound to any non Everton fan, but that positivity, that United front, that's in getting this, that was against the wear mentality. It's it's still here. It's it's still here. You know, I was outside Goodison Park for the for the derby, you know, with, with the, the coach treating, and you know, the, the scenes are just incredible. And th- don't don't think that that doesn't make a difference because it does the players all say, listen, it does, it does fire them up, it gets them into the right headspace, they see what it means to the fans. So us being united and taking that from outside the ground to inside the ground is huge and that's going to continue again on Sunday
0: I think it will I think it will you know you you touched on plan there about the fact that how there's now we can see as fans that there is some kind of idea going forward where we want to go I think but more importantly that I think there's an understanding where we are and where we want to get to and just by chucking a load of money at the wall and hoping it sticks isn't going to solve that I think we've hopefully learned that now and we, we touched on it last week didn't we Mike about how if Everton did finish I know 15th, 14th, 12th, wherever. Obviously, it's not where we all want to be. We want to be competing at the highest level, of course we do. But I think last last season's brought a sense of pragmatism to the club, a bit of realism. But more than anything else, I think we can just see the direction where we want to head now. You know, you reeled off a few names there. There's been some changes at the club, um, albeit on the field, the board is still there. But we are seeing movements that are Slowly starting to translate onto the pitch. You know, you mentioned the likes of Amadou Onana, Nathan Patterson. I think we'd be very naive to think they are going to be here for the long term with the club. But if Everton can, you know, sell these players in the prime and make it a, a sizable profit and then reinvest that into the club. And like you said, hopefully it brought us success in that time as well. It's only what the best teams do. You know, I know they're having a bit of a nightmare season, but you look at Leicester in recent years, they're a prime example of selling some top players in building on their own success so it's going to be interesting to see which way we go forward but as we say goodison park on sunday it's going to be bouncing it's going to be rocking there's a i think there's going to be a big expectancy that we we do get this three points um i don't want to get too overconfident because we all know this is everton and you know there's always going to be that that side here that has a little bit of bit of cautiousness if you like that you know this is this club that we're dealing with but hopefully we can like you said, the fans will be behind the team. That will be taken into the ground on Sunday. It's a it's a great opportunity for us to go and get the first three points of the season. West Ham won't want to be coming to Goodison Park on Sunday, having played in that Conference League tomorrow night. So we've got to use that to our advantage. And if we play like we did against Liverpool, you know, take the game to West Ham, I think we've got the players to do that now. To hurt teams and look a bit more, a bit more, just like we've got a bit more of a cutting edge, I suppose. Then we are more than equipped to get three points on Sunday. So we'll leave it there. Big thanks to Mike for jumping on the podcast with us again tonight. Um, of course, go and give the Unholy Trinity podcast a follow. They've got some content coming out all the time as well. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to give us a follow on all your usual podcast providers. And of course, there will be a version of this coming out on YouTube too. And if you're not already, please subscribe to the, to the channel and leave a like if you have enjoyed today's podcast. And we shall be back again with another episode next week. So again, big thanks, Mike, for coming on. All the best, everyone, and take care.